Hello, fellow ink drinkers, and welcome back to the Blind Girls Book Talk podcast. I'm Belle. And we are two sisters who love books and love to read. And so what we've done is we've decided to start a podcast to talk about our thoughts on books and anything related to books. And so, of course, this is a variety show. It covers a bunch of different topics. They can range from book theories to recent reads to book to movie adaptation comparisons. The list really does go on. But in today's episode, we are actually going to be talking about two of the books that we have recently read from the day that we recorded this episode. Now, normally we do try to record a lot of episodes in advance. Yes, thank you. So it might not be from the time that you're listening to this episode, and listening to us talk. It has probably been quite some time since we've actually read these books, but at the time, these are our most recent reads. So, Belle, what is the name of your book? And talk to us about it. So, my most recent read is of If Bayo Street Could Talk. I hope I pronounced that right. And it was written by James Baldwin. First things first, why did you read it slash what is it about? Let's go the gambit. And also just making a note here, we are probably going to be getting into spoiler territory for both of our recent reads. So if by the title of it, it's something that you want to check out and you haven't done so already, just skip this episode until you read it and then come back and listen. Okay, so go. (laughs) So... I actually had to read this book for one of my classes. I took winter immersion classes. It's like four weeks. And I took a class and it was one of the books I had to read. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, I didn't really think anything of it because, you know, the books you read in college are the books you read in college. And so I was really surprised when I actually really, really liked it. I think it became, like, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it just, I don't know how to put words to it. It's kind of one of those, you really enjoyed it, and you were surprised by the fact that you enjoyed it kind of deal. And so it's one of those books that is now going to be a, I could revisit this someday. Mm -hmm. I think for me, what I enjoyed about it so much is the fact that it reminded me of To Kill a Mockingbird. And as you know, that is one of my all-time favorite books. So I, it just reminded me so much of that. And so the premise of the book is it's told by the point of view of Tish, who's a 19-year-old girl, and her fiancé, Fawny, is in jail for a crime he did not commit. Now, I'm not going to say what crime it was because I don't want to cause any issues. 
Yeah, we're we're not going to spoil it too, too much, but regardless. But he is accused of a very serious crime. And so all of the book talks about a lot of race issues because both Tish and Fani are African-Americans. And it goes into a bunch of race issues and police brutality and everything else in that aspect. And it just really reminded me of To Kill a Mockingbird, just kind of in a different point of view, if that makes sense. Right, because To Kill a Mockingbird, from what little I know about it, it's... Wait, have you not read it? No. (gasps) How have you not read it? And I've read it twice. To Kill a Mockingbird? Yeah. I read it once in whenever I was 11, and then I read it in senior year of high school. Well, it was never a required reading for me, so that's why. And To Kill a Mockingbird does fall more into the classic side of the spectrum. But it's so good. So I just haven't read it because of that reason. It is on my very long list of TBR. Okay, um, anyway, you're, what you understand of To Kill a Mockingbird. For what I understand of To Kill a Mockingbird, it is essentially from a little girl's perspective, right? Like, it's a, yeah, it's she's a young like girl. Yeah, she's like six. Yeah, so... Scott's six. Gotcha. So, essentially, you go from a little girl to someone who is still young. They're 19, but they're not a child, but, but they're, they're also not, adult, not an adult. quite an adult yet. Like they are adult light. <laughs> yeah. And in my, one of my comments for that book during a discussion is I, I brought that up is that Tish brings that childhood kind of naivety mm-hmm. and innocence. Yeah. And it just reminds me of To Kill a Mockingbird because one of the things that makes that book so lasting is because of, you know, heavy issues are covered within the book, but they're all seen through the eyes of a six-year-old. Right. So, like, for this, it was, you kind of get more of the adult understanding of it, told from the eyes of an adult, but still with that childhood aspect of it. Yeah. Which I think when it comes to books that do cover serious topics, I really do enjoy those who do hold like that childhood innocence to them. Right. Because I feel like it makes the topics a lot easier to digest. Right. Yeah. It it does make it a little bit easier when you're looking through a child actually learning about it versus an adult who's maybe even seen that kind of thing before. You know, it it just gets a lot harder when you're dealing with very adult themes with very adult characters. Yeah, you're you're right. Yep. Any other thoughts about your recent read? If you like To Kill a Mockingbird, read If Bayo Street Could Talk. It's like To Kill a Mockingbird, but it gives the other side. I feel like it gives the other side of the story. And for those of you who have read To Kill a Mockingbird, you'd understand what I mean by that. Gotcha. Okay, well, if that's all you've got for yours, I will go ahead and talk about mine. So my recent read is a book that is called The Cheat Sheet. 
And this book was written by Sarah Adams. And so before I get into kind of the synopsisy kind of thing and what it's about, I'll give you kind of my brief thoughts on the book after I read it. So overall, it was a very cute book. This is a romance novel. I don't know. Again, I've been on a big romance kick recently. I don't know why. But this one was really, really cute. A lot of times, you know, romance novels have a lot of spice to them. This didn't really have all that much spice. You know, it was just very, I guess, wholesome (laughs) is the word that I want to use. And it's just, you know, cute little romantic things, you know, throughout the, the whole book. And of course, because of that, you know, it's just this cutesy little book. I really, really enjoyed it. You know, there are times when spice is fine and all, but there are also times when you just get sick of it. So to have kind of this palette cleanse of just this cute little romantic story, I'm all in for. So what it's about. So essentially, this book is about a guy named Nathan and a girl named Brie. And so pretty much Brie and Nathan have been friends for forever and a day. And Nathan is a professional football player. Bree is a dance instructor who teaches dance for kids with little to no income. And so pretty much both Bree and Nathan happen to end up single at about the same time. Nathan takes Bree out to a party and Bree is a lightweight drinker. And so she ends up getting really drunk and she ends up kind of confessing that she's loved Nathan for a long time while she's drunk and she does this to a reporter. So pretty much because of this and because everybody kind of fell in love with Brie, Nathan and Brie end up having to do kind of a fake dating thing for a little while. Now, through the beginning of the book, Brie is saying, you know, Nathan is not into me like that. You know, he doesn't like me. And there is like the perspective shifts that sometimes you get in these books. And it does go to Nathan's point of view where you find out, no, he he really does like her. He like has liked her for a long time. So then he decides to, you know, try to get out of the friend zone by showing her, you know, that he can be romantic. And he ends up meeting with some of his football player friends and they try to make a romance cheat sheet in order to do all of these cute little romantic things to show that he cares about her and that sort of thing. And so eventually it takes a long time, but eventually Brie ends up telling him how she feels. He ends up telling her how he feels and he pretty much tells her, you know, I'm going to marry you. Like, be prepared for that because that's going to happen. And then his team goes to the Super Bowl. They don't win the Super Bowl, but he pretty much proposes to her like on the field of the Super Bowl after the game. And she's like, yeah, sure. And then she goes to, you know, they go to get her ready and everything. And it turns out like he had prepared everything like weeks in advance. Like he had it all, like all of their families were there, like people that she didn't think were going to be there. Like she thought it was like a little Vegas wedding because they the Super Bowl was in Vegas. Like she thought it was going to be this cute, like just this little Vegas wedding with like the Elvis impersonator or whatever. And she didn't care because she loves him. But it turns out like he had planned everything like weeks in advance and he had like all these dresses picked out for her. Like it was just, it was adorable. And 
I will say again, if you just want something that's just super duper lighthearted and cute and just, it was an easy read. Honestly, I read the book in a day. Like it wasn't a difficult read. And that's why I don't have a lot of notes about it because I just kind of went through and read it. And it's super cute. Like it's super cute. It's funny. I will say the one scene that I thought, one of the scenes that I thought was great was how Nathan was kind of telling his football player friends like how things were going with this cheat sheet. And the night that Brie got drunk, she ends up painting all of their toenails. Okay. And of course, all of the football players love her. So they're just like, okay, we're getting our toenails painted. Well, then because they won their playoff game with their toenails painted, they then decided that they're going to like keep getting their toenails painted. So they go to like an actual like salon spa thing to get pedicures to get their toes painted. So then like and he's describing like the detail for this. And I'm just sitting there with this picture of like five big beefy football players guys just sitting (laughs) getting a pedicure and it was the best like I was laughing about it for so long because that's just I love it you know it was so good I mean I'd I'd say I'd be a bit concerned with the whole I'm gonna marry you thing but then again one of the first things our father said to our mother was I'm going to marry you someday well see and it's it's not like that so like Essentially, they were friends in high school. The girl like that makes it better. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me explain. So they were friends in high school, okay? And before like she was Bree was going to go to I think Juilliard for dance. He was going somewhere with a football scholarship. And before she graduated, she got into a really bad car accident that seriously injured her and so she couldn't dance anymore okay so she was super depressed about it all and she like went through therapy and everything and she ended up kind of pushing him away because if she would have said stay like he wanted to stay for her if she would have said stay to him he would have stayed and like that would have been it but she didn't want him to lose his dream so she just kind of distanced herself from him and just kind of put up that wall and so they went to college they fell out of touch and then she ended up having to move out to LA for I forget what the reason was but he moved out to LA because he got on a professional football team and they ended up meeting one day so then for the next six years everything picked up right where it left off and so like they were kind of in relationships but Nathan had said from his perspective, the only reason why I was in a relationship with these girls is because she was in a relationship with a guy. So they always just kind of were ships passing in the night, but they were best friends. Like he had keys to her apartment. She had keys to his. Like they could they go running every Tuesday morning. And so she would just show up to his apartment on Tuesday morning with donuts and coffee and then they would go running. You know, it was that kind of thing. It wasn't just oh, I'm going to marry you. It was, they've already essentially been dating, but not like it's, they've been friends, but they know that they care about each other and that they love each other. And so that's it. They ended up deciding to get married. Okay, it's official. I hate romance. I (laughs) I can't. I'm sorry. I like 
tuned you out halfway through that. I it got all mushy gushy, and I was like, "It was a when's someone gonna die?" The the hopeless romantic part of my brain is just like it's so adorable. And, and yeah, no, no, thank you. My black, cold, dead stone of a heart can is fine. Without. Yeah, I've you know I, again. I do not know. I do not understand why I am on this romance kick lately. But I have been on a hardcore romance kick. I know, and I want you off of it. I, I kind of do too, but like nothing else sounds good. Like I'm just someone. Save I'm me, on this please, romance kick. Please, someone save me again. I blame the love hypothesis. I think that's the book that started it because I like I loved love hypo- love hypothesis. It was so good, and I think just that happiness from that book. I'm just like, okay, I guess we'll give romances a try now, and so far they've been pretty good. So I mean, I just I I there's only been like two romances. Romance <laughs> words are hard. Yes, they are two romance books in the recent years that I could think of that I actually like. And they are? A Bookworm's Crush. Only reason I like that is there's a bunch of literary references and it makes me laugh. Right. Because also there are three nerds and they're all super sarcastic and I'm like my people. Right. (laughs) And then the other one is called Shoot Off the Page. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know the authors to any of these. That's okay. Off the page is about a girl, I think she's in high school, and she's obsessed with this fairy tale book that's in her high school library. And the people in the book are actually alive. Really? Yeah, and like she like actually falls in love with the prince, and it turns out that the queen and prince in the book are an exact replica of the author and her son. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so like then it becomes a whole thing of... How to get the prince in the book out of the book. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Because, like, the author who wrote the book suffers from headaches and, like, all this other stuff. Like, her health is just not the best. And it turns out that, like, they're able... I'm not going to spoil how. But they're able to get the author and her son, the real author and her son, into the book mm-hmm. and the prince and the queen out into the real world. And then the author, when she's in the book, she's like, my headache's gone. I'm perfectly fine. And it's like, well, that's kind of creepy, but OK. Yeah, that is weird. That is weird. But that does sound like it would be cute. Yeah, it's cute. All right. Well, I think that about sums it up for our recent reads for today. Of course, we do thank you for coming on this journey with us as we talked about them. Now, if you like what you've listened to, if you like what we're talking about, please like, share, comment, review, all of that good stuff, anything that you can do. It really does help us to grow the show. And if you don't like it, no pressure. It's fine. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it just kind of helps us out. Now, next week, we are going to be doing a bad retelling. A bad retelling. All right. Well, we will see you guys then. Bye. Bye.